Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your host for this evening or day or whatever, Andy Goldstein. And it's a good old podcast we've got. And I know what you think. You probably listen to this every day. And go, oh, you say that every time. I do say that every time, but that's because I'm telling the truth. I'm not a liar. Well, not in this case anyway. And we begin with Tony Cascarino, who's as Irish as I am. That means, of course, not Irish. In fact, he was never Irish. Even his ancestors weren't even Irish. How on earth was he even allowed to play for Irish? Surely someone's doing some background checks. Anyway, Tony Cascarino, the Englishman, was talking this morning on breakfast and he was given his reasons as to why Pochettino is the Tim Henman of managers. There's a lot of scrutiny for Maurizio Pochettino at the moment. Mm. Um, is it warranted? And is he one of the... Because I think he's the bookie's favourite. Is that a genuine threat that, that Spurs could, in some form, lose Maurizio Pochettino? Well, it's the first time he's faced adversity as, as a manager. He's had five years of, we say success, but getting them into the Champions League, not winning anything, anything obviously. I think a lot of their... What's been missed... Some of their cup performances, as in the League Cup and the FA Cup, have been dreadful along that time. And OK, he's fielded second-string teams. It's a real strange one for Poch because now he's facing a challenge that he's got a team, and certainly defensively, are far poorer than they were 18 months ago. He's got a goalkeeper. I know he's got injured, and it was a horrible Lewis, injury. That yeah. Lloris, I've never been a fan of Lloris. I, I think he's a, he's a great shot-stopper. He makes certain types and saves. He's not good with his feet and he's sometimes can make horrendous errors. And he did one in the World Cup final, mm-hmm. you know, but he's won the World Cup. Just a quick one. In the break, you said something about Tim Hemman. You said, Marissa, no. what did you say? <laughs> well, no, I used the line in a newspaper column for I do for the Times and, and I said he's the... You know, Mauricio is the to me the Tim Henman of um, football management because I mean I didn't mean it in a di- look, Tim Henman made a Wimbledon final and it was the highlight of his career, but he didn't achieve winning things as in majors in in, in tennis. I don't I see yeah. that with Poch that he's got to the final of last year. That is as good as it got. When, when they'd lost an enormous amount of games last year, last season as well. And they weren't as good as team last season as they were the year before. So it's just, I don't see at the moment Poch winning anything. With I Spurs? Think, no, unless, and this is the big unless, he does a c- complete refurb of his back four, goalkeeper, and probably in a couple of areas in, in midfield as well. So it's a big refurb. They've got a lot of good players attacking-wise. I just don't think the team matches up elsewhere. 
There you go, Tony Cascarino alongside Laura Woods on Breakfast. Big Al will be back, it says here. No, he might not be, but we don't know when Big Al's going to be. It all depends how many he's had the night before and whether or not his alarm goes off and whether or not he rolls out of bed and he's rolled down to the shower and then rolled into the shower and then rolled out of it and rolled onto some kind of drying equipment and then rolled into the lift at TalkSport up to the 17th floor and then rolled into the studio. And if all that happens, he'll be back on breakfast. If not, it would just be Woodsy. Anyway, moving on. It was me and Jason Cundy on Drive Time and we were lucky enough to have Jamie Carragher on the show talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold and whether or not at some stage in his career, Trent's, not Jamie's, he's retired obviously, it would be good to move him into midfield. In terms of his creativity, he's still getting probably as many assists probably just behind De Bruyne, I'd probably say, in the Premier League from fullback as well. And it's not the, the old position fullback, you know, as I famously said, no one wants to grow up and be a, a Gary Neville. It's, uh, <laughs> it's actually a very, very important role, isn't it? Now, and, you know, you see that from Liverpool and uh, other fullbacks now and how, how involved fullbacks are in the game. They probably have more touches of the ball than anyone. I don't know what the stats are, but I think fullbacks probably touch the ball more than anyone. So he's massively involved, but... I definitely see going forward if he, he wanted to play that role or if Liverpool had another right-back coming through or Liverpool wanted more creativity in the midfield. That is a criticism at times. There is no doubt on the ball he's probably better than what Liverpool have in, in those players. But those players have different strengths, uh, really. But you, you could imagine him in that Kevin De Bruyne position, just tucked in on the right and, and you see the assists. Uh, De Bruyne has from a different position Trent, who's obviously more wider and crossing it. The Bruins more passing it, really. And uh, maybe that's something that we could see in the future. It's it's slightly underrated, I think, putting in crosses from wide areas. Because once you see someone that can deliver, and one of the best I've ever seen was David Beckham. And there's an element of that. But it's about putting it in the right areas, the right trajectory, the right pace. It's actually an incredibly difficult skill. It is. And, I mean, I, I was fortunate to play with another player, you know, you talk about Beckham and you mentioned the Bruins, probably Steven Gerrard, and we're not actually talking about real wingers here. They're just those players who probably probably prefer to play centre, but just come over to find themselves in that in that right side, not necessarily looking to beat a full-back and get half the yard, really. It's more just that they get the ball and they almost can just play it from wherever they have the ball stuck under the feet. And it is a you know, fantastic ability. Probably something we don't see as much now because so many wide players play on the opposite side if you like to cut, cut inside and maybe make passes yet yeah, you can still cross doing that but I don't think there's anything better certainly at this moment you see a great cross going whether that was Trent or Kevin De Bruyne I mean some of the assists De Bruyne's had in the last three or four seasons I mean they're just out of this world and I think probably when his time finishes I know we're on sort of Trent but I think we're talking about one of the best passes in the ball mm. to ever play in the Premier League is that good on to the mid-morning show now, and Trevor Sinclair was talking about Gareth Southgate and how he's united the England squad. And if there is a decision to walk off the pitch, it will have to come from him. I would say um, it would be initiated from Gareth. Um, I was in the squad with Gareth, absolutely well-rounded guy, very friendly with all the players, you know. Uh, he, he wouldn't From one of the lower clubs, I think he was at Villa at the time, He's not one of the big clubs. So back in the day, the, the, the golden generation, they would be a little bit clicky. The United players would be over there. The Liverpool players would be over there. I was at, where was I at? West Ham. So I was with like the... You had no mates there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy no mates. No, we had a few. Me, uh, J-Mo, um, Joe Cole. So there was a few of us here, but we would go with the rest. That's not the same now. And I think Gareth's one of the main reasons why it's not the same. He's made sure that all the players integrate um, throughout different teams, throughout the Premier League. 
I think it's a much better environment for players. And I feel he would have initiated this conversation because obviously it's something that needs to be dealt with. Um, players are suffering um, who shouldn't be. You know, these are these are young, some of these really young players, they shouldn't be um, exposed to this situation. You know, it's one of the proudest moments of your career playing for your country. And then to go into that situation and be racially abused and it be allowed. And, you know, like I said earlier, a Mickey Mouse fine be given to that, that nation. It's unacceptable for me. So I think they've been very frank in the discussion. I think everyone would have had their contribution. And I feel as a, as a, as a group, um, they've come to the right decision because I feel this will certainly put the shoe on the other foot and UEFA and FIFA will have to deal with it properly. Imagine if a nation came to Wembley and and subject to, to racial taunting from any section of the crowds, a team or that team who were visiting us walked off. How embarrassing for for a nation, for for the for the FA. Uh, what would you expect the Bulgarian FA to feel if what we're talking about today, which there is a, a, a real threat of of potentially happening, if that were actually to, to happen on um on, on Monday or Tuesday night? Well, I feel if they're good people and they understand that football's for everyone, not just for a certain race or a certain colour, I think they'll be uh, disgusted with it as well. Um, so they should take the measures um, and be proactive and keep the people that they feel could cause these problems out of the stadium. It's as simple as that. Now, if you're fined a huge amount of money and if you're taken out of the competition... Um, for this happening I'm sure they'll do it better next time and I think that's got to be the stance um, a huge fine maybe taken out of the competition and then I think you'll start seeing things move in the right direction Just very very briefly you mentioned about the racism that you suffered when you were playing for the under 21s and with the senior team Me and my teammates yeah Yeah so did did you not have reservations then of playing for England and going to these countries? No because listen remember Natalie I, play, I started playing in 1989 mm. this was a common thing uh, in them days unfortunately Socially, um, it was it was it was quite a, a common thing to hear on the terraces. I think we've moved on massively from there, and I feel it's a lot less. Uh, we've still got issues, as as in communities got issues, and yeah. and our you know our society's got issues. But I feel it is getting better, and I think it's all about education. The more we talk about it, the more we educate people um, from different areas of the country, uh, from different races. I feel we'll get that togetherness, and hopefully, for, football can be a catalyst to move people mm. on. On now to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show, brackets with Laura Woods, close brackets. And Ian Holloway was suggesting he would run to Sunderland for a job. I don't know what job, maybe if like Greg's needs someone behind the counter or there's a Witherspoons that are looking for um, for bar staff. Maybe he'd go, I don't know. Let's let's sit back and listen together, shall we? What a job that is for somebody. You're guaranteed however many thousand a week and you've got to produce. For me, that's life. You've got to do it. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity with a great fan base to actually get things going again. Is, is that and, a yes, then, if you were to be offered it? Oh, do you know what, Laura? I'd, I'd run up there. I'd <laughs> run up now. And I'd, start, I'd have to start now because Glastonbury's a long way away. But I've never been favourite for anything. I've always been an underdog. I would love the challenge of a football club like that. Who, hang on, wait, wait a minute. We've got a bit. I know it's different. It's a wonderful job for somebody. Whoever they want to choose, motivational skills like you won't believe. At the end of the day, it's about bringing that crowd back with the team. Everybody's going to have money. But long term, you have to be a club that gets thousands and thousands and thousands of people through your turnstiles week in, week out to be a big club. You have to be now because the rules have changed. I'm Jim White and this is TalkSport Daily. 
Starting with some breaking news coming into us here at TalkSport. England's World Cup group decider against France on Saturday has been cancelled due to the approach of a super typhoon. For the first time in nine instalments of the tournament, a match will not be played as World Rugby act in the face of a tropical storm which has been described as violent. With all games cancelled due to weather problems registered as scoreless draws, it means England will progress as Paul C winners into the quarterfinals where they almost certainly will face Australia. Over now to Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, but it wasn't Andy Jacobs because he was off. In his place was Charlie Baker, and this is them two talking about stuff on their show. Pep Guardiola, there's a new book about Pep at City, and it talks about, uh, the, the, we talked about the fine system at Real Madrid, and I bored, and, bored Andy Rigid with it, actually. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but at City, uh, he has a kind of different forfeit system. They spin a wheel, they have a roulette wheel. If you, if you turn up late for training, oh, do all yeah. that sort of thing, he sets you to work. Oh, I like he that. doesn't just take money off you, because he knows, you know, when you're minted, who cares? Yeah, so they spin the wheel, and you have to do something to compensate the team. Mm-hmm. Punishments include uh, helping the kit man, the groundsman, the analysts, and that's not much of a oh. forfeit, is it? Yeah. The analyst, although, or in the kitchen staff. All right. Um, Benjamin Mendy apparently has had several stints in the laundry room. <laughs> and he's rocked up Preparing for the... life after the game, Paul. Yeah, could... They all need something to go they're to. They're all going to need another train, exactly. aren't they? do you know what I mean? Yeah. They can't all go and run pubs. No, they're all going to gonna... stay in the game. Yeah. Um, Sweet so shop. With that in mind, uh, we found out what's been going on with the, the England boys uh, uh, out in Japan, if they mess up. Uh, Sam Underhill admits that uh, one of the things that the players that step out of line do is they get involved in the uh, coaching or the players' urine checks. They help the coaches oh. with the players' urine checks. And right. Apologies if you're having a, a bit of a late lunch. <laughs> but Sam says uh, you're, you put it through a spectrometer to check how diluted or concentrated it is. The coaches normally do it, but you have to assist. This is your forfeit. Right. Well, you have to uh, hold it for plastic, him. A plastic gloved up, he says, <laughs> receiving these nice warm pots from the lads. <laughs> Probably not the way you want to start the day. But it, honestly, you wouldn't turn up late again, would you? It sounds much more of a rugby thing, that. It, do, it does, you know. It does. Working with the analysts or uh, or handling uh, the yeah, pee of your teammates. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming true. when they say handling, I'm assuming they're in the pots. They're not having to hold anything else from. No, no, no. It's not a Gillian McKeith situation. <laughs> gloved hand. That, is this, yeah, that's, is, this is your card. The, uh... <laughs> Back now to drive time. As I mentioned earlier, it was me alongside Jason Cundy, and this is old Moonface talking about the Chelsea youngsters getting their chance under Lampard. Oh, it's so good! We have a group of youngsters right now that are going to be in around Chelsea's first eleven for many years to come. And it's an exciting time as a Chelsea fan. Really exciting that we have got, for years, people have slaughtered Chelsea and they've been hammering us about, oh, you're not bringing players coming through and the ones do you send out on loan. All of those players that we've just mentioned there, except for um, Callum Hudson-Odoi, have been out on loan got the experience and now they've come back and now that Chelsea are giving these young players an opportunity, you're slaughtered. Because you have to. I'm not, I'm no, not, I'm not, not, not slaughtered no, a player. No, he, do, he doesn't I'm have not, to play, Tammy. I'm not slaughtered a player. Oh, oh, he does. No, Who's he, he playing up front? Giroud. Now, who, what would Sari have done? Come, what would Sari have come done? Come on. What, come no, no, on. But what would I, Sari have I, done? You don't need to be a brain surgeon what? to know that you've got to play. If you want a bit of pace in the team, you don't play Giroud. That's why. Where he, the, the, what the point I'm making is Frank is showing these young players there's a pathway through. And right but, now, there, there is... right now, right now, being a Chelsea fan, this is exciting as I've, as I've been about seeing these young players come through. As I can remember, the last two managers, Conte's last year was a tough watch. Sorry, last year, even though we, we won a trophy and we got top four, there were parts that it was not a happy place. Right now, 
There, are, there is not a Chelsea fan out there that doesn't have genuine hope, genuine belief that this could be a special bunch of players. What well, based on wins t- against Southampton, and, Brighton, and, Norwich, no, and Wolves? But we, these are young kids. These some of these ki- some of these kids are making their debut, their Premier League debuts. Because you have and to. But look at them. Look what they're doing. And these are young. They're only going to get better. And right now, we have got every game. I've seen improvement every single game. <laughs> Now, I've got an email in here. It says, uh, Andy, let me ask you, you did drive in this podcast, so uh, I'm assuming you were on the sports bar as well. Double bubble, six hours on sports bar. Fantastic, good stuff. No, sadly, that's not the case. It was Adam Catchell and Chris I. Wellamo doing the sports bar, which means, of course, two things, that me and Jay weren't on it. And secondly, if you want to fast forward the next bit, you can. We've all been caught out at some point, right? We've all been caught out. How were we caught out or how did you catch somebody out? That's the better story. How did you catch somebody out? All right. Now, Colleen's there obviously going through her Instagram account. She's blocking people in order to whittle it down to the weakest link. That's what she's doing. Now, this reminds me of a story of my mid-twenties, Christopher. And I'm going to share this with the lovely people on the radio because I come out of this looking really good, right? So that's the reason why I'm going to share this. Now, when I was a fledgling radio presenter up in Preston, in the northwest of England. I was working on a radio uh, station there, and a radio show there that was 7 till 10 in the evening. Now, as, as a young guy in my early 20s, I want it to be the best show in the world, Chris, right? So I'm working hard, therefore skipping meals, which was a bad thing to be doing. I didn't get time for dinner of the evening. Now, because I was still living at home in my early 20s, my mum took pity on me, and she started making me a packed lunch, right? Now, I used to take this packed lunch to my show every single evening. I used to put it on the fridge when I got there at three, four in the afternoon. I'd go off into my office there and I'd be working away with my team to say, right, this is what we're going to do on the show tonight. And it gets to around about six and I think, my mum's done me dinner. I'll get upstairs and I'll put it in the microwave and away we go. Now, over a couple of weeks, I think somebody in the office got a little bit clued up that my mum was sorting out my dinner and they decided to help themselves to it. Which is absolutely uncalled for, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a young lad wanting a feed and there's no food left because somebody's gone in and robbed me tea. So I think to myself, I need to get the I need to find out who this is. And after a couple of weeks of asking around and trying to decipher who it was, I was none the wiser. They were all obviously sticking up for each other and thinking that it was funny that the evening show presenter's dinner was going missing. So I had a little bit of fun by myself. My mum did me a wonderful pasta tuna bake one night. I'll tell you something. I was looking forward to eating it, but I thought to myself, I'm going to sacrifice the moment tonight to catch the culprit. That's what I'm going to do. I went to the chemist and bought myself some laxatives. That's what I did, Chris. That's what I did. And I sprayed it all over that pasta tuna bake. Let me tell you, son. I had some right fun. I stuck it in the fridge and I thought to myself, right, you little so-and-so. Let's see if you enjoy me dinner tonight. I left it for about an hour or so. Didn't think anything of it. I set up camp just by the toilet area in the radio station with all my radio equipment ready to catch the culprit. Lo and behold, Gavin Edwards, you know who you are, son. <laughs> he came flying down the stairs. It was coming out of both ends, Chris, let me tell you. He didn't, he didn't nick me dinner again. There you go. That's how we, that's how we, that's how we got caught, let me tell you. <laughs> That's it for another podcast. Well done. It's one of my favourites we've done this week. It's up there in the top three so far. And a reminder that Russia are playing Scotland on TalkSport 2 from 6pm. So if you do want to listen to that, tune in. If not, just pull your nails out. Anyway, I will be back on Drive later on today. Today being Thursday, I'll be alongside Goffey. Jason will be back on the Sports Bar so you don't have to forward that bit on in tomorrow's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe.
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.